Friday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your weekend is off to an early and fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. Almost every year, at least one team goes from last place in its division the previous year to actually making the playoffs. Who will it be this year as preseason camps continue? Jets? Jaguars? Other worst to the postseason possibilities would be the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Buccaneers, the Giants, the Lions, and the Bengals. Easy to forget, but your Carolina Panthers did that the year before last. In 2017, my Eagles went from worst not only to the playoffs. Can someone remind me how that season ended? Oh, that's right. I was in Minneapolis watching my Eagles win the Super Bowl. The Jaguars, the Panthers, and the Eagles two years ago were all examples of worst to the playoffs. Last year, the Bears and the Texans pulled that off. 2016, it was the Cowboys. 2015, it was the Redskins. 2014 was actually the only year in the last decade where there was not an example of, finish, of going from finishing last in your division to making the playoffs the following year. Did you know, as we ask you that question of the day, who will it be this year? Last to the playoffs. Jets and Jaguars, to me, are on the front burner as the best possibilities. I'll take your thoughts on others. Did you know that the Carolina Panthers, when I look at their depth chart, I see a few questions in red flags. As long as folks remain healthy, I seem far more good than bad. NFL.com every year has the NFL players themselves vote on the best in the business on the field. The Panthers have two of the top 100 players in the league on the offensive side of the ball, Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. They also have two, again, not the media, not you as fans. This is the player-to-player -player vote. They have the linebacker, Luke Kuechly. They have the new defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy. There aren't a lot of teams that have four or more of the very best players in the league as voted by their colleagues. The Panthers fit that description. I see questions in the secondary. I know that they have to stay healthy on the offensive line. But did you know that the Panthers right now in Las Vegas, when they post the over-under win total number for everybody, every team in the league, you have favorites like the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the AFC, the Rams, the Saints, and my Eagles in the NFC. You have the other end of the spectrum, the very lowest expectations right now in Vegas, the Lions, the Bucks, the Redskins, the Giants in the NFC, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Dolphins in the AFC. The Panthers are in that huge muck in the middle in the eyes of Vegas. But you know what their over-under is right now? At the betting window, seven and a half wins. There must be injuries on the way if the Panthers are going to fall short of seven and a half wins. I'm betting the over, and in a big way, maybe it's because I'm halfway to Margaritaville because it's a Friday afternoon. Maybe because, as I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, and we look forward to two great guests. It is Friday. That means it is the most popular sports radio platform ever invented. We say that with a wink. It is free for all Friday. That allows for fewer guests, 
little less of you following my lead as you do Monday through Thursday on our syndicated statewide show. We are coming at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We know the lines are often jammed since we went statewide many, many years ago. So we turn over much of our Friday platform to you. What is your question about the NFL? The college football players are back. For many, day one of practice is today. There's the Wyndham Championship and the PGA Tour back in our backyard. Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro is the site. Jordan Spieth is on the leaderboard. Webb Simpson is on the leaderboard. Paul Casey, Brant Snedeker, rookie Matthew Wolf as well. We'll give you updates from there today. We'll also have on the tournament director, Mark Brazel from the Wyndham Championship. He'll drop by in hour number three. Major League Baseball is heating up. Only about 50 games left in the regular season. The trade deadline has passed. The Astros and the Braves did upgrade their pitching. The Dodgers and the Yankees mostly stood pat. And this weekend's schedule, looking forward, includes the Red Sox at the Yankees. Our own Darren Vaught was there at Fenway last weekend as Boston took three of four from New York. It is the return match, matches, plural, at Yankee Stadium. That's the highlight of the baseball schedule this weekend as we pick over the NFL, some college football, the Hall of Fame. Induction ceremonies are tomorrow night. They'll be nationally televised by ESPN. Tonight, there's the annual gold jacket ceremony. That'll be televised by the NFL Network. Champ Bailey, Ed Reed, and Ty Law, trifecta of D-backs, among those headlining this year's inductees. I have a little NBA on my mind, including LeBron James. While fans and media this week were critiquing LeBron James as a parent because at his son's basketball game, he went a little crazy celebrating Bronny's dunk. Okay, Some didn't like that. Others rushed to LeBron's defense. Hey, he's an engaged, involved super dad. All right, maybe you went a little over the top, but how far down that road of criticism do you really want to go when a man who grew up without a dad involved in his life is pouring himself into his own son's lives? You can do that if you want. I was more intrigued by something that an actual NBA figure said about LeBron, and I just want to push that other nonsense off to the side. David Griffin is the guy who was the Cleveland Cavaliers general manager when the Cavaliers finally broke that long drought for that city and certainly that franchise. So Griffin and LeBron have actually been tight at times and were part of that parade, if you will, as Cleveland finally broke that drought with LeBron and friends coming back from 3-1 down, remember, to 4-3 over the Warriors in that unforgettable seven-game series. David Griffin, I'm infinitely more interested in what David Griffin, who knows him personally and works in the NBA, he's the new GM of the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, Duke South, if you will, with Zion Williamson and all those other former Blue Devils, now a part of the New Orleans roster. Y'all can debate what Jason Whitlock did or didn't mean. He took out, he took LeBron out saying that, among other things, LeBron has a drug-like dependency on attention and jacking up his social media presence, whatever. David Griffin works in this league, worked with LeBron personally, and said this week, I don't think LeBron is the same animal anymore when it comes to winning. Now that is worthy of discussion. That is a shot across the bow. LeBron in L.A., of course, missed the playoff with the Lakers in year one out in Tinseltown. He had made the playoffs for more than a decade running as a member of the Miami Heat or the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it was a big step back. 
but that was largely due to a lack of support, not what LeBron didn't do. Now he has AD. Still sounds like winning is somewhere in his hierarchy of important things, but that to me is more worth discussing. I don't think he's the same animal anymore about winning. That's David Griffin on a guy that he helped lead, or, or LeBron and David Griffin with the Cleveland administration took all the way to that NBA title not too, too long ago. Speaking of basketball, did you know that there's a $2 million winner-take-all 64-team single elimination tournament? It was founded about five years ago. This year's version is coming down the stretch, if you will. It's called The Basketball Tournament. I've said for years, Darren Vaught and I could have drawn this up on a cocktail napkin, but somebody beat us to this idea back in 2014. It's now $2 million. It now has a great TV contract with ESPN. They actually have pretty good viewership numbers. It is five on five. It's not like the big three league. Five on five. There are some quirky rules, but 64 teams. Let's see, where'd they get that from? little March Madness style flavor, single elimination. And these are, in many cases, guys you know. Guys that were either college stars or most of them played in the NBA or at least the NBA Summer League. So it's not just a bunch of dudes. Some of them get together on rosters that represent their alma maters. Syracuse has a team every year. Marquette has a team every year. A lot of times you'll see Tar Heels or Blue Devils sprinkled on the same rosters. Those semifinals are this Sunday, and the championship game is on Tuesday night. Our Greensboro, North Carolina hosted one of the regionals. It's now all in Chicago the rest of the way, all on ESPN proper. They're not burying this on one of their sub-channels. $2 million winner-take-all, that gets the attention of a lot of those guys who are just maybe one half-step short of being on NBA rosters. That's good money if you can make it. That's 100000 if you're on the winning team for about a month of work. Even if you're making good money playing overseas somewhere professionally, 100000 plus or at least a shot at that for a month of work, I would listen. You probably would, too. We'll get into that during the course of today's show. Darren Vaught is our producer. Intern Christian is representing, with distinction, Appalachian State University. We have Ryan joining us as a VIP guest. I believe he donated, was it a million dollars, to a favorite charity of his choice for the right to be here on this Friday afternoon. We're just goofing around that, but we're not goofing around about this. We follow your lead on Free For All Friday, 1-800-849-2761. You have a question, you have a comment, you have a prediction. I said or did something that upset you, and you either need an explanation for that or you want to criticize me. That's okay as well. Free For All Friday, the only parameters are these. It has to have something to do with the sports world or this statewide syndicated sports radio show or any combination of those two things. It's a very wide palette. Your questions, your comments, your predictions are all welcome. If you want to jump in on the NFL question of the day, that is fair as well. Virtually every year, at least one team goes from last place in its division the previous year to making the NFL playoffs. Your candidates, given what they didn't do last year, are the Jets, the Jaguars, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Bucks, the Giants, the Lions, and the Bengals. Almost every year, as strange as those eight might sound to you, almost every year, history tells us, one or more teams pulls off that worst to the postseason combination. The Broncos beat the Falcons last night in the annual Hall of Fame game. Remember, your Panthers don't get underway 
uh, with until next Thursday. That is at Chicago. Other than the two who played last night, everybody else gets another week, basically, to prepare for their first of four preseason games. We'll talk a lot of NFL today. We have some breaking news on the big tailgate tour. I'm headed to London, England with my family next week, and we have special programming prepared for you in my absence for a big chunk of the month of August. We're calling it again the Voices of North Carolina Tour. That allows some of your favorite coaches, athletic directors, media members, school by school, franchise by franchise, they take over our statewide platform. Sometimes it's the Hurricanes, could be the Panthers, could be Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, North Carolina, and others. Darren Vaught will be manning that ship in my absence as I head with the family to the other side of the pond. Scott Fowler will be our NFL slash Panthers guest today as Fan Fest is tonight for followers of the Carolina Panthers and as Spartanburg remains the venue for the remainder of preseason camp. Mark Brazel from the Wyndham Championship drops by third hour. Scott will be second hour on the NFL. You can join us now with your question or comment. 1-800-849-2761. Those are among the topics on my mind. You can steer us elsewhere. 1-800-849-2761. One last thing. Has there ever been a smooth, successful nickname change in professional sports? The owner of the L.A. Clippers this week said he's considering changing that nickname. In my lifetime, I can't think of many successful team nickname changes. Now, some of them in college sports came at like the point of a bayonet. Like, you'd better change your nickname or you will violate this PC culture or you will continue to offend, in some examples, members of the Native American community. So we saw a lot of that in college sports. Can you think of a successful pro sports nickname change? They don't happen all that often. But the L.A. Clippers may not be named the L.A. Clippers much longer. And I actually think Steve Ballmer, their owner, is on the right path I just don't, I have people's name changes that worked out well. Like that whole Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali thing didn't slow down one of the greatest boxers of all time. That whole Lou Alcindor to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing didn't slow down one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Now, those were for religious reasons, but I'm all about Lloyd B. Free changing to World B. Free. We all want the world to be a better place, right? I was okay with that one way back in the day. When it comes to team nicknames, what do we have? Like the Washington Bullets changing to the Washington Wizards and being either irrelevant or horrendously bad or some combination of those things? Maybe it was a merchandising success. I don't know. But in terms of mojo, you can't tell me that nickname change has turned out to be a success story in professional sports. I believe the Clippers can be the exception to that rule. I am aware, by the way, of a lot of colleges that have changed their nicknames. Y'all would roll your eyes if I told you, do you know what the Wolfpack was called before the Wolfpack or the Tar Heels back in the day or what the Blue Devils were called before they became the Blue Devils at Duke? You might be surprised at some of these things. Now, it dates back to before most of us were born in that case. That's why I put it, the question at the professional level. Has there been a smooth, successful professional sports team nickname change? It can't be a long list, but I think the Clippers are about to add their name to it at some point in the next handful of years. Eric and Raleigh wants to get the free-for-all Friday phone calls rolling. It can be a question. It can be a comment. It can be a complaint. It can be a prediction. It can even be the answer to our NFL question of the day. Who will go from worst 
to the playoffs, meaning worst last in their division a year ago to the postseason this year. Your candidates are the Lions, Bengals, Bucks, Giants, Cardinals, Raiders, and then the two getting the most votes so far, the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought Ryan Khalil was retired. He has only worn a Panthers uniform at the NFL level. He retired last year. Tears in his eyes. I mean, that looked and sounded like a true goodbye. It was a goodbye to the Panthers. He signed yesterday with the New York Jets. And at 34 years old, they are plugging him right into the starting lineup as the center in front of the, quarter, the young quarterback, Sam Darnold, in New York. He signed a one-year, $8.4 million deal. What happens when you retire? Do you start seeing bills? that your income no longer can sustain paying for those bills? Do your wife or kids just get tired of seeing you around the house all the time? I don't know exactly what was the springboard to Ryan Khalil returning to the NFL. Perhaps there were 8.4 million reasons to get him off the couch. Free for all Friday, your phone calls, questions, comments, complaints, they're all fair game. 1-800-849-2761. Two great guests later, you are steering our statewide ship next on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. And a big hole and a touchdown. Kalfani Mohammed, first year back. They go 51 yards in eight plays and a little over four minutes for the first touchdown of the game. The pass is caught. Brian Hill makes the catch for the touchdown. It's fourth and 14 now. You can't get a first down without getting the touchdown. And Rippin to the end zone again. Going to be deflected and caught for the touchdown. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free for All Friday. The lines are jumping. Y'all love your freedoms. I respect that about you. It can be a question, it can be a comment, it can be a complaint, it can be a prediction, it can be an answer to our question of the day. We have the NFL on our mind, of course. The return of college football, day one of practice is to is today for many. The Wyndham Championship and the PGA Tour are here in North Carolina. Mark Brazel is going to join us live from that event in our third hour. Major League Baseball's trade deadline has passed, and the final 50-game stretch of that marathon regular season is underway. Red Sox at Yankees among the highlights of this weekend's schedule. Quick shout-out to the North Carolina Courage, by the way, as we go to Eric in Raleigh, who wants in on the NFL question of the day. Ben in Wake Forest is exercising his freedoms and has a question from the college basketball world. The North Carolina Courage has not had, since all of those star women players helped Team USA win the Women's World Cup, They've been back. They've had media events. They've played in a road game. But I think this, I think tonight, and they're at home, is the first home match that they have had as a full team. Now, if you didn't know, they are the best women's professional club team on planet Earth, and they're based in Cary, North Carolina. They play at Wake Med Soccer Park there. So if you saw Sam Mewis play for the Team USA squad, there were actually you know, stars from the Brazilian and other teams that also are members of the North Carolina Courage. 
uh, left and right, four, four members of that Team USA that just won it all in France, but there are several other members that represented Team USA in other international competitions. That's just one more thing to consider for your weekend menu as the NFL and college football are front and center as the month of August gives us that football flavor one more time. The Hall of Fame will induct Champ Bailey, Ed Reed, Ty Law, and others this weekend. Tomorrow night, you'll see the TV celebration on ESPN. Your questions, your comments, your complaints now. Two great guests later, Scott Fowler, the Charlotte Observer on all things NFL and Panthers. Mark Brazel is the tournament director of the Wyndham Championship. He's third hour. That means more time for your calls earlier in today's program. The question of the day was on the NFL. Almost every year, at least one team goes from last place in its division the previous year to making the playoffs. Who will it be this year? The eight teams that were that bad last year are the Lions, the Bengals, the Bucks, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Jaguars. Most votes so far, the Jets and the Jaguars. New York just added former Panthers star center Ryan Khalil, a five-time pro bowler in his 12 years as a member of the Carolina Panthers. I assumed, like most others did, that's the only pro uniform he would ever wear. He was on to the next chapter of his life and career. Not so. He gets a one-year $8.4 million deal to be the starting center for the New York Jets. He will practice for the first time this weekend in front of Sam Darnold. One of the reasons I think the Jets and the Jaguars are getting the most votes in the answer to the question of the day. Eric is in the triangle. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Thanks, DG, for taking my call. Sure. Who's on uh, your mind? Who's going to go from worst to the playoffs? I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. And I'm going to give you the two reasons why. All right. The uh, Bucks were number three in total offense last year. That 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 shouldn't change much with Arians going in as head coach. But the biggest improvement is going to be on the defensive end. They have been absolutely horrible under Mike Smith. But with Todd Bowles in there. They're, look, they're looking pretty. They're looking pretty fast. I like Bruce Arians. I'm not sure why you're quite that optimistic about the Buccaneers' offense. There's been some changes in personnel there. Are you a Jameis Winston guy? I I, I believe in Jameis. He's he's going to be all right under Arians. But uh, I think with uh, Deshaun Jackson mailing in last year and uh, Brent Grimes mailing in at the end of their careers. You know, we're, we're better off without – we're better without, without uh, Deshaun. A lot of transplanted Glens live in the Tampa area, and they are, like Eric and Raleigh, very optimistic about the Buccaneers. I share their optimism about Bruce Arians. That guy knows what he's doing. And out of the – remember, eight new head coaches in the NFL, six of the eight are first-time head coaches. That's always a little nerve-wracking. Doesn't mean you can't turn out to be great, but that's a little more nerve-wracking. Bruce Arians has been there, done that, right? This is a guy who's shown he can win at this level. So I feel good about the longer-term future for the Buccaneers. The other part of my skepticism besides quarterback, right? There's no more Fitz magic down there in Tampa, and I'm not at all a Jameis Winston guy. What do I say about the Panthers all the time? Everybody remembers the part of the equation, how good is your favorite team? Everybody remembers that. It's as commonsensical as it gets. It always matters, always matters, what does the rest of your neighborhood look like? And the rest of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers neighborhood looks like the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons. 
That does not make for an easy transition for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Bruce Arians. I don't think this will be the year, but we will put down Eric and Raleigh for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the worst to the postseason example. Ben is in Wake Forest. It is only August 2nd. Basketball season doesn't even begin until early November. But Ben in Wake Forest has college basketball on his mind. We are the center of the college basketball universe, and it is free-for-all Friday. So, Ben, go right ahead and exercise your freedoms. What's on your mind? Hey, I, I just wanted to talk to you about the UNC basketball all-time all starting five, in your opinion. All right. Do you have your own five to go? Because I spent a lot of time in Chapel Hill. I've, uh, I've covered that place for 32 years, and I've written about everything that happened before I got there in 1987. You have I, your own five? I've got four out of five. I'm not sure on my fifth. All right. L l first guy that comes to mind, but first two guys that come to mind, believe it or not, are not Michael Jordan. And I'll explain. Maybe Ben knows why, but everybody else. Michael viewed through the NBA prism is the greatest of all time, in my opinion. I know there are other candidates, but he is, he's still the GOAT. Michael viewed through the college prism. Remember, he was there three years, not four. He was a national champion as a freshman, but as, believe it or not, a secondary player to guys like James Worthy and Sam Perkins. So he was amazing, and he's on my team probably, my all-time Carolina Five. But I'm assuming that Ben's question, you're only given credit for what a guy did in college. Is that how you're doing it? Um, yes. Okay, so you're not giving credit for how they turned out in the NBA. No, I'm just basing yeah. off their time at UNC. Yeah, that's the lawyer coming out in me. I want to know what exactly you're putting – what are you baking into that question there? All right. Tyler Hansbro absolutely positively must be on any educated all-time Carolina Five. Period. The guy was like all ACC, all ACC, all ACC, all ACC, all American left and right. Again, his pro career did not turn out the way many thought or hoped it would given his first-round status. But in terms of college production, I can't remember. What was his personal record against the arch-rival Duke Blue Devils in Cameron Indoor Stadium? I think it might have been 4-0. You get bonus points for that, I think, if you're an all-time scorer, an all-time rebounder, etc. So there you go with Hansborough in the post. Phil Ford has to be in your starting lineup. Again, that's not a guy who won a national title for Dean Smith, but he truly did virtually everything else there was to do and is one of the greatest players in the history of UNC basketball. I'm going to find room for Michael, but I think Antoine Jameson is probably on that team. Um, are those on your team too, Ben, or you have somebody else in mind? I, uh, I have, yeah, I also have Phil, Tyler Hansborough, and MJ. Phil, Tyler Hansborough, and MJ. Um, yeah. do, you, do you go back into the history books for a guy like Lenny Rosenbluth? Because he helped uh, the target. Not that far. Yeah. You know, it's fair, it's unfair to ask a younger person. I've, like, interviewed Lenny Rosenbluth. I've actually done projects on, you know, the great Blue Devils of the past, the great uh, Tar Heels of the past, ACC champions of the past, national champions of the past. I did a lot of work for Raycom and others earlier in my career where I got to interview these guys who were doing their best work even before I was born. But the more you dive into those details, man, it's hard to leave somebody like Lenny Rosenbluth that team went undefeated. The Tar Heels went were undefeated in 1957, and Lenny Rosenbluth was their superstar player who, who took a good team 
He was surrounded by good talent, but he was. It's not like Michael Jordan had Worthy and Perkins <laughs> helping him out and a senior point guard named Jimmy Black in 1982. Lenny Rosenbluth was the guy, and he might deserve bonus points for kind of putting Carolina basketball that was under a different coach, a guy named Frank McGuire. But if you get any bonus points for being like a trailblazer, in 1950 or whatever, Carolina was an interesting basketball team, but the ACC hadn't even been born yet. Dean Smith hadn't been hired yet. Obviously, it's decades before somebody like Michael Jordan comes along. So I'd, I'd put in a bid for the old-timer and figure out a way. He was a big guy. Let, by the standards of the day, he was a big guy. Probably more like a 3-4 uh, Euro stretch forward by the vernacular of nowadays. Um, Antoine Jamison's going to be a candidate. Another old school guy, Charlie Scott, is going to be a candidate. Billy Cunningham is going to be a candidate. They had a guy named Larry Miller. A lot of these are before Ben was born. But if you really want to take it seriously, believe it or not, some of those guys did as much, if not more, than some of the more modern famous names like a Sam Perkins, a James Worthy. Um, you know, eventually you get to guys like an Eric Montross and George Lynch and those guys. But uh, I don't know if I gave you – I think I gave you a 13-man roster there. But th those are the names that I would start it with. And if you're starting with Tyler Hansbrough, Phil Ford, and Michael Jordan, you're so certainly off to a running start. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, go, go ahead. I, have, I also had uh, – I was going to finish mine with James Worthy and Brad Daugherty. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, Brad Daugherty was uh, a heck of a player. I don't know if he would crack my Tar Heel top ten, but an excellent college player. Uh, went on to, before injuries, become a really good NBA big man as well. That's the Brad Doherty that many uh, modern-day NASCAR fans are aware of. You only see so many guys who are almost seven feet tall and either in the pits working on cars, or I think he sometimes drives some of his vehicles. I, th I think of NASCAR drivers as mostly smaller guys. When I've gone to Charlotte Motor Speedway, you know, I feel like a giant. I'm six feet tall and 180-some pounds. I, I'm a... I'm, a tiny person in an NBA or NFL locker room, right? You'll never feel more small than in that context. I think six foot 180 something is probably above average by a, a modern American male standards, right? So you're a slightly above average size dude. You go from feeling like a Lilliputian in the NFL NBA locker room to feeling like a giant at Charlotte. I went to uh, Hendrick Motorsports and met some of the guys. Now, they're fit. They're athletes. I mean, they're cut. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they're, they're tiny people. They're just usually not very tall. And Brad Darty, every time I see him in one of those, uh, I guess they're all custom-made for him. They have He owns his own team. So getting custom-made vehicles is not as hard when you just own the place. But Brad Darty is somewhere on that list. I don't know if I would squeeze him into my top five all-time Tar Heels. Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer in 60 minutes on all things NFL and Carolina Panthers. Mark Brazel live from the Wyndham Championship at Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro. More of your answers to our question of the day. Almost every year, at least one team goes from last place in its division the previous year to making the NFL playoffs. Who will it be this year? Most votes for the Jets or the Jaguars. Your other candidates, Bengals, Lions, Giants, Bucks, Raiders, Cardinals. Has there been a smooth, successful professional sports team nickname change in our lifetimes? And again, I'm not giving you credit. I'm in favor of the Washington Bullets changing to the Wizards. I mean, given violence in our society, it wasn't a bad idea to get away from it. But 
they haven't exactly changed the mojo of that miserable franchise. In fact, right now, if you listed the most relevant to the least relevant NBA franchises, the only thing keeping the Charlotte Hornets from being dead last might be the Washington Wizards. So I'm not giving them credit for any mojo change. I do think Steve Ballmer, the owner of the L.A. Clippers, he just put out feelers this week on this question. It's not a front-burner thing. I believe that this is the best example maybe since the Wizards slash Bullets of having a good reason to want to change your name, and I believe it has a great chance of changing the mojo as well now that Kawhi Leonard is a Clipper or whatever they come to be called and Paul George is a Clipper or whatever they come to be called. If you're in my age bracket, do you know what you think of when you think Clippers? And you younger guys probably think Donald Sterling, right? Isn't he the racist dude that had to have his NBA team taken away from him? Yeah. Like, that's part of the Clippers culture. Wouldn't you want to turn? They were, seriously, one of the worst professional sports franchises in any sport we follow for virtually three decades. I know it's gotten better lately. You had the Blake Griffin years and even some CP3 years, and now there's a bright future for sure. But if there's ever a time to change your name... Wouldn't it be after three decades of misery and after you had to boot your racist owner? And you, I mean, what is more extreme than being the redheaded stepchild little brother of the L.A. Lakers? You, you're like an outcast in your own building for the last two and a half decades. And you are so far off the radar in L.A. for most of your existence you're an NBA team in one of the two biggest markets in our country, and yet you've been overwhelmingly irrelevant. Who wouldn't want a mojo change with all of that? I am all in favor of Steve Ballmer's plan, even as most people are anti-change, and he got a little pushback when he ran that up the flagpole a little bit earlier this week. One thing I promised, and then back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls. True story. Would you have any idea, Darren Vaught? representing the 20s and 30-somethings in our statewide audience. Any idea what was the NC State sports nickname prior to the Wolfpack? I have no idea. You should, I, I don't, don't even have a good guess. I always say I represent the 40s and 50-somethings. Were I not a sports journalist before converting to this zany sports radio stuff or whatever we're doing here, when I was a sports journalist, I actually wrote about a lot of historical angles for the great universities whose programs we follow here they were called the red terrors i mean that's not the worst no i like wolfpack a lot Could better. Be better yeah <laughs> but they were the red terrors any idea what duke was called prior to the blue devils no i don't uh, know that one either among other things while well, the blue and white i mean at some point let's get a little bit more creative right oh we're the blue and white <laughs> why, why are you the blue and white well uh, they gave us these uniforms, and they're part blue, and they're part white. So we're the blue and white. That's how, in, in artist renderings, if you will, in journalistic summaries of games, not quite a century ago, it would be the blue and white of Duke beat so-and-so. Seriously. You can look this stuff up. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Now, these are college nickname changes, all for the better, almost all of these for the better. I'm asking about a successful pro sports team nickname change as the Clippers are thinking of ditching that particular nickname. They were also called the Blue Imps, I-M-P-S. 
Do you miss the red terrors of NC State or the blue imps of Duke? Or are you comfortable with what we have now? I like what we have, needless to say. I do as well. Since you have a degree from Elon, you can tell us another college nickname change. I think this one is also for the better. But I know that it's, what, a borderline fighting words divisive topic among Elon alum? Oh, yeah. If you ask our friend Wes Durham uh, if, if what he is, he is an Elon blank, he will vehemently tell you he's a fighting Christian. Which was their sports nickname for their, decades. Yeah, up right? until right near the millennium, they transitioned to the Phoenix. Are you a millennial? I can't even remember. Yeah, technically speaking, yeah. So as a millennial, and we if we say to you, you're an Elon what, what would you say? Oh, I'm a Phoenix. You're a Phoenix, yeah. which is their current sports nickname. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's a historical nickname, right? Yeah. The campus nearly burned to crisp a long time ago. They rose from the ashes like a Phoenix. <laughs> and now they're the, the Elon Phoenix, right? So I, I don't know. I don't have any problem with those who claim allegiance to fighting Christians. I think that's a, a nice, I think that's a nickname upgrade. Your, your Elon appeals to a broad base geographically. They, they're certainly, I mean, Darren Vaught has a grad degree from there. So, you know, they're highfalutin academically, no matter what anybody says about those Elon <laughs> 7 a.m. tailgate guys. No, I'm just kidding. We, we love those guys as much as anybody that we've met. And they, re, they represent that Elon flag proudly and with distinction. So Elon Phoenix, Duke Blue Devils rather than Imps, NC State Wolfpack rather than Red Terrors. Any idea? Well, this, this one's a little different. The Tar Heels have been called the Tar Heels for a long, long time. But I kid you not, if you looked at media reports from the 19, say, 100 years ago, but all the way up until the 1960s, so even before I was born, if you read Carolina media reports on what their athletics teams were doing, again, Tar Heels was already in play. This was an alternative nickname. The way you, I guess you could say Devils instead of Blue Devils or Pack instead of Wolfpack. Deacons instead of Demon Deacons at Wake Forest. Their nickname for more than 30 years running prior to the 60s, remember that, was the White Phantoms. The UNC White Phantoms. Now let me think. There's at least a couple reasons that I could think why they were called the White Phantoms from the... 20s all the way through the 50s, but then it changed in the 60s when the civil rights movement came along. In all seriousness, the, the reason they say the White Phantoms nickname was born was that their uniforms at the time, 100 years ago, were all white. And they played a quick-paced style of play, so it was like defending a phantom, Darren, in basketball. So they were the white-uniformed, Quick, sly phantoms, the white phantoms of UNC. They also had only white players on their roster until the world changed in the 1960s and beyond. The white phantoms, probably, probably a good idea to drop that one. Again, the Tar Heels has been in place even through that 100-plus year period. Uh, at the pro level, I'm still searching for a really good up-the-mojo nickname change, I believe the L.A. Clippers can be the exception to that rule. 1-800-849-2761. Scott Fowler on the Panthers in the NFL. Mark Brazel, live from the Wyndham Championship. We'll give you a leaderboard update. Take more of your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Jordan Spieth is among the contenders at Sedgefield. More on that next on the David Glenn Show.
I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Hey folks, David Glenn here with some good news and some great news from our friends at Continental Tire. The good, our big tailgate tour, driven by Continental Tire, begins August 31st with ECU at NC State and we'll be stopping with our Continental Tire Toss and other fun games and giveaways all over the great state of North Carolina throughout college football season. The great news, if you buy four new Continental Tires for your SUV or light truck anytime from now through August 31st, you'll receive a prepaid Visa card for $70 to $100, depending on the tires you choose. Again, if you've been waiting for the right time to get those new Continental Tires for your light truck or SUV wait no longer because now through August 31st only you'll receive that prepaid visa card for up to $100 learn more today about why this summer is the perfect time to buy your Continental tires by visiting Continental Tire welcome back to the David Glenn show Jay is in Raleigh and wants in on crazy nickname changes fun fact from the past Darren, you would know the name of the boxer Sugar Ray Robinson. Now, my question is about when's the last time we saw a pro sports team change its nickname and benefit, like just some good mojo, change the direction of your franchise. The L.A. Clippers are considering it. I think it's a great idea given the massive amounts of misery in L.A. Clippers history. And, oh, by the way, do you know why they were called the Clippers to begin with? They were in San Diego, which if you've ever been to San Diego, there's all sorts of sailing ships coming in. Some of those are called clippers. Do you know how many sailing ships are docking in Los Angeles? None. It is not a sailing city. One more reason to change your nickname as Steve Ballmer ran up the flagpole this week. You've heard of Sugar Ray Robinson. Of course. All right. True story. A guy who goes on to be one of the most famous boxers ever at 14 years old, shows up for one of his first really higher-profile competitive boxing matches. His real name is Walker Smith Jr. They tell him that only 16 and up are allowed in this competition. He goes to his buddy and says, can I borrow your identification? He lies and then ends up keeping the name that he lied to get into the boxing event. <laughs> that I've is never heard that. That is... I'm looking up, kids. <laughs> Sugar Ray Robinson's real name is Walker Smith Jr. It's a totally different set of reasons. You know, we know Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali. We know Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Only because I guess I'm old do I know this tidbit about Sugar Ray Robinson. Walker Smith Jr. wasn't old enough to fight. So he adopted a different name, started kicking tail, and, you know, long after his death, we're still calling him Sugar Ray Robinson. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him, no hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. All right, Darren, both guests are later. The spirit of free-for-all Friday continues with the start of hour number two. Stack them up. You might even be first. 
if Darren and Christian like your question, comment, or complaint, sometimes they just want to see somebody poke the bear and see how I react. All of those are possibilities. Scott Fowler on the NFL and the Panthers mid-second hour. Mark Brazel on the Wyndham Championship third hour. Your calls now. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. <laughs> 